again, and thank you for joining me, Erin Bogert, your host, for today's final installment of this ghost hunt season of That's How the Story Goes. And boy, we are entering into one hell of a finale. I'll start by asking you this. What does it mean to be haunted? For most people, I would bet that it doesn't mean the strange or supernatural, but the all-too-real. A scar from childhood, an opportunity missed, a wrong never righted. For the late Charlotte Mills, it was the murder of her mother on September 14, 1922, on the outskirts of New Brunswick, New Jersey. Her mother's body lay beside that of their Episcopalian parish priest, Edward Hall. Love letters between the two were scattered about the bodies. Edward had been shot once in the face. Her mother, however, had been absolutely brutalized. And while the coroner failed to conduct a proper autopsy, he did, out of curiosity, cut open Eleanor to see if she was pregnant. Her daughter, Charlotte Mills, just 16 years old, was interrogated by the police and press corps about all the possible suspects of the murder. Was it her father, an impoverished groundskeeper for the church? Was it Edward's wife, the solemn and wealthy heiress Frances Hall? Was it Edward's brother-in-law, the eccentric Willie Stevens? Was it the KKK? Was it thieves, immigrants, some other scapegoat? Nothing was simple and nothing could be proved. Charlotte, of course, could not do the police's job for them, but that didn't mean she didn't try. But by 1926, she'd been driven to quit the chase when Frances Hall and her brothers were acquitted at trial. She then moved to New York City and tried to make it as a clerk at a bank. She told the press she considered herself a flapper, but she never had the cash to run with that crowd. She never felt safe after her mother's murder, and she died at the age of 45. So today, we're going to be joining Charlotte inside her own mind as she lives and relives the moments surrounding her mother's murder. Bring on Charlotte Bring on Mills. Charlotte 1922, Mills. 1922, 1922. We're not going to meet her in 1922, in the midst of the circus. Boo! Boo! What? I thought this was 1922. 1941? 1941? 1941! I remember everything. Even things I didn't see, I remember. I feel I have to imagine and reimagine her relationship with my father, and her relationship with Father Hall how she might have felt when she died. I can't even hold a butter knife without picking up her mother's throat. throat. Everything I experienced twists around the error of her life. My mother was judged, found guilty, and slaughtered. My community I find guilty, but it walks free. I'm 34 now. Is that young? No. It's older than my mother was when she died. She's here. Can you feel her? There's others here too. There are others here too. 
They have things, they have to, say. things to, say. Have to say. I don't have much time left. I can't allow myself to get distracted by the circus of lies that invade my mind. By the circus of lies that invade my mind. Welcome, everyone. Mom, welcome to St. John the Evangelist. So many new faces. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Eleanor. My name is Francis Noel Stevens Hall. I just sing in the choir, soprano if you care for singing at all, and I lead the mother's auxiliary and help in the counting room and so forth. It's usually the privilege of the rector's wife <clears throat> to give these tours. Customarily, it is the duty of the rectors and not their wives to give these tours, but I'm happy to do it. However, since Reverend Hall's passing, the duty has fallen to me, Reverend Father Hall. Hall. When I am at the wheel of my Packard Twin Six, Am I asleep at the wheel of my Christian responsibility? Let, Let us, us pray. pray. A Sunday at St. John's, Reverend Hall wore the green vestments his wife gave him on their wedding day. Edward Hall arrives early on Sundays, and people require his attention. The warden, choir, his wife, the organist, the Francis leader, of the, his wife's family, etc. Finally, he turns his attention to God. Let us pray. What, what else? else? Her relationship with Father Hall. Eleanor Mills approaches a middle-aged priest. Father? Mrs. Mills? Uh, Edward. Edward? <laughs> Eleanor. Edward didn't notice Eleanor before he was married. It's funny who you skip. Edward has come to terms with the fact that he and Francis will never have children. Edward begins to notice that he notices a lot more... Things. Eleanor apologizes. I'm afraid I can no longer be a member of the choir. I'm very sorry. What is this? I'm afraid I shouldn't say. It was not an easy decision, but one I felt I must make. Mrs. Mills, what's this really about? It's... The others... They seem to not like me very much anymore, and I feel my presence is taking away from the group. Minnie Clark? And others. Is it jealousy? 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 Isn't the whole thing kind of... kind of trivial? I barely slept at all last night. I cannot accept your resignation, Mrs. Mills. You've been a part of this choir since before I got here. I mean, since when? Since I was 14 years old. We rely on you. I'll see you on Sunday. In 1919, the priest is 39 years old, childless but married. Hello, Mrs. Mills, Eleanor. Can I help you? Does James need something? No, he has his window box project. Window boxes? You asked him to replace window boxes. I don't... I don't think I did. The moisture from the old wood was seeping into the walls, right? So the walls were cracking, so the walls needed to be resealed, and the window boxes needed to be replaced. Oh... Right. Very good. So, he needs help then? 
no, I... Oh, right, you, you already said that he does not need help. Yeah? Those were your exact words. Well, not quite. You asked if James needs something, and I said no. Now I remember. This is what you said, yes. I just got confused with the whole window boxes or something. Oh. Father? Yes? Maybe I need something. Is it all right if I need something? Yes. It is a song. Agnes doesn't like it, but I like it. Oh, you would like to make use of a song at service? I would not only like it included, I would like to sing it. Now that's what I call confidence. Very good. Which song? Peace, perfect peace, in this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers peace within. Peace, perfect peace, with sorrow surging round, on Jesus' bosom not but calm is found peace perfect peace our future all unknown jesus we know and he is on the throne peace perfect peace death shadowing us and ours i guess you know it the Episcopal Council is looking to remove it from the next hymnal. They are? They don't think it connects with people. I had no idea my mother had been missing until she came back. Shh. Go back to sleep, baby. Is Daniel okay? Is Dad? They're fine. Everything is fine. I just... I, I can't sleep downstairs anymore. It's Dad snoring, isn't it? <laughs> no, baby. It's not the snoring. It's... <laughs> oh, Mom, it's okay. You can stay up here for as long as you need, okay? You can sleep with me up here. <clears throat> the regular meeting of the men's council was held February 8th, 1922. Thirteen members present, $16.90 on hand. Motion that a special discussion be held for formal discussion on the purchase of kneeling benches for the chapel. Seconded. <clears throat> Motion. Committed to include Mr. Hall, Mr. Goodwin, Mr. Clark, Mr. Stokes, and Mr. Schlosser. Seconded. Why should we purchase kneeling benches? No one kneels. We're Episcopal, for God's sakes. <clears throat> Mrs. Hall would kneel, but she doesn't kneel. But she acts like she would kneel if there were benches. She sort of shifts in the pew as if she would kneel but can't. 
That is a pretty good sign that she would like a a kneeler. She could just outright buy the kneelers herself. You know damn well she's not going to do that. That's true. You know, she paid $70 for a lemon meringue pie, but she will not outright buy, say, a a rug, for example, $70. And she doesn't even like meringue. So, the ladies would like us to vote to have the ladies have a bake sale, all in favor. Eleanor, may I speak to you for a moment? Of course, Mrs. Hall. In private. Now, Mrs. Mills, are you sweating? You ran here, didn't you? Well, I hurried. It's not becoming at our age to hurry. It shows a lack of foresight, almost immoral. I felt I had to. Eleanor, you are a good woman, but you lack morality. Morality is when you have morals, you understand? Morality, it's a fine word. Indeed, it has recently come to my attention that your daughter has not been baptized, is it so? Charlotte? That's the one. She was born when I was very young. And you allowed this? Yes. And your husband? He was also fine with this? To be frank, Mrs. Mills, this concerns us greatly. Us? As Reverend Hall said, unblessed by the church. Those are not my words, those are his. It must be a fine thing to be virtuous, Mrs. Hall. Listen, I do not know how such things are, but you should take baptism seriously. We were very hard up at the time. I think it's a sort of immaturity not to be a serious person. In the name of the Father, in the name of the, the Son, Son the name of and the, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. Minnie Clark made an odd comment to me. You're practically a woman now, Charlotte. Ma'am? There's some rules, Charlotte, that aren't in the Bible, so I didn't teach them to you in Sunday school. What should you do for your neighbor, Charlotte? Love them? That's right. But to keep it going, it helps if you never make love to your friend's husband's or your husband's friend's. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. In the months after the surgery, Mother became ferociously involved in the church. Even Dad noticed. James wonders, where's my wife going? Out. You're doing more for that church than you do for me. Why shouldn't I? I care more for Mr. Hall's little finger than I do for your whole body. Thursday, September 14th, 1922. Charlotte notices her mother cutting out an article from the New York World. The article describes how an Episcopal church handled the divorce question regarding one of its ministers. She smiles at me. I say, What are you looking at? What? 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 What are you looking at? What are you looking at? I'm looking at you, Charlotte. I'm proud of you. She's proud of me. By the time she was my age, 16, Eleanor was almost a mother. She liked being a mother, but she would have liked being something else, too. What are you looking at? 
I'm looking at you, Charlotte. I'm proud of you. She's proud of me. By the time she was my age, 16, Eleanor was almost a mother. She's proud of me. She liked being a mother. What are you looking at? But she would have liked being something else, too. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. I'm proud of you. She's proud of me. By the time she was my age, Eleanor was almost a mother. She liked being a mother, but she would have liked being something else, too. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. The article was later found on the minister's desk in the counting room of the church. Mrs. Hall was making preserves in her kitchen that afternoon. She liked working with her hands. She liked preserving fruit in sugar. A telephone call came in for Mrs. Mills, asking to speak to the minister. May I please speak to the minister? He's not in. I have a question for him about the doctor's bill from the operation. The operation in January? Yes. The reverend is not in. When the reverend returns home at 6.30 p.m., his wife tells him of the call. I'll return the call. Let's sit down to dinner first. <clears throat> yes, let's. Then I'll return the call. Eleanor Mills returns home to serve her family dinner. She then goes to the nearby candy store to make a telephone call. After dinner, the telephone rings again. Louise Geis, the maid, answers the phone on the upstairs extension. She recognizes the voice of Mrs. Mills. Who wouldn't? This is for Mr. Hall. Is he downstairs? Uh, no, I'm upstairs. Oh, no, he is upstairs. Thank you, Mrs. Hall. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Louise. Good evening, Edward. Good evening, Francis. Even things I didn't see, Edward Hall speaks into the telephone. Quietly, I remember. Edward Hall puts down the phone and puts on his Panama hat. Francis? Edward? I am to meet Mrs. Mills to discuss the problem with her medical bill. I will wear my Panama hat to this meeting. Good evening, Louise. Thank you, Mr. Hall. Good evening, Francis. Goodbye, Edward. Toodaloo. Eleanor Mills stops by her home. She snatches a few letters from the attic bedroom she shares with the daughter. She goes downstairs and adjusts her hat in her reflection of the window. Her husband notices. Where are you going? Follow me and find out. I... N I never... Charlotte Mills never sees her mother alive again. On the other side of town, we learn that 15-year-old Pearl Balmer is walking through Buclick Park, supporting the weight of a much older man. Upholding the centuries of urban tradition, three young men recognize Pearl as she passes by on the street and send her a few catcalls. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. One of them is her boo, Raymond Schneider. But when Raymond Schneider sees that Pearl goes into a bar and comes out of that bar with a man, a man that is not Raymond Schneider, a man that is grabbing at Pearl's ass and smelling her hair, the three friends start harassing that slut all the way through the park. Hey, is that a ditch right in the middle of the street? Well, what kind of society is this? Oh, wait, no, that's not a ditch. It's just Pearl Balmer. One of them even has a gun. Yeah, it's me, Clifford Hayes. I've got a gun. But it's just for fun. It doesn't mean anything. It's got toy bullets, blanks or something. Pow, pow. It doesn't mean anything. Leave us alone. You afraid to face me? Leave us alone. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. Pow, pow. 
please, just back off. He's drunk. What do I care? Hayes here has a gun. Should we find out if it works? Schneider, please. It's my dad, all right. It's my father. Why is he pawing at you? Why is your dad pawing at you, Pearl? Please, just back off. Please. The story goes that they were kind of embarrassed when they realized that it was just her old man, and then they backed off. Yes, that's how the story goes. That's how the story goes. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other side of town, Jane Gibson lives with her son. She has a small farm. The most valuable part of the farm is a small pen of hogs, Jersey Reds, the color of the mud they lay in. Jane Gibson won't risk her only son's safety by having him chase after the thieves who slip onto the farm from the nearby village. She keeps her leather moccasins by her bed. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, in the library of her mansion on Nickel Avenue, Francis Hall plays cards with young Francis Voorhees, the minister's blood niece. It is quiet. Little Francis is not a natural card player, no. Little Francis loses seven times in a row. Big Francis is an awfully good card player. Francis Hall plays solitaire, solitaire, solitaire. Louise Geist attests to solitaire. Louise Geist goes to bed. Uh, Willie Stevens comes down to say goodnight to his sister. Good night, Willie. Mrs. Hall leaves the light on in the front hall and goes to her bedroom. And Dad that night? James Mills works all evening on those damned window boxes. He hates working on them. He hates work, really, if we're being honest about it. But if you have to be the sexton of a church, might as well be the sexton of the smallest church in town. He walks around the block to the church. No one was there, which is for the best because usually when people see him, they ask him to do things. Later, when the police ask about his whereabouts, his alibi cannot be shaken. He cannot be shaken. There was nothing to shake, Dad. James Mills works until pretty near 11 o'clock under the light on the table on the back porch. What else was on the back porch, Dad? A newspaper with an article cut out. He supposes his wife cut it out. He notices also that his wife is not in her bed in the attic alongside his daughter. But what can you do? It's late. He goes to a nearby grocery store and purchases a glass of soda water. He goes to the Church of St. John the Evangelist. Why did you go to St. John's? Just to close the windows. Not to look for Mom? Yes. Maybe to look for Eleanor. Maybe. Maybe she had fainted. Jane Gibson knows that the thieves will not stop. As soon as she's asleep, if she sleeps, they will return. Jane Gibson knows that they would starve her if she let them. They would starve her son if she let them. Jane Gibson puts on her moccasins. She goes to the shed. Jane Gibson saddles her mule. Jenny. And again, back on the other side of town, Ralph Gorslin. Ralph Gorslin, a vestryman at the Church of St. John the Evangelist, likes to have a good time. Like, he's a funny guy. Gorslin is a funny guy. 
like the time he was asked to dress up as Abraham Lincoln for the 4th of July pageant. And he did. But dead? Like a corpse, get it? Because Lincoln got shot. And he even painted black rings under his eyes. He played Abraham Lincoln as a corpse. Very taboo. Very funny. And on September 14th, funnily enough, he's left his wife and daughter behind. And he's looking for something fun. And he finds Catherine Rastel. She's pretty fun. A little more vigorous than dead Abraham Lincoln, if you catch my drift. I know. I'm being subtle. Still worried about vegetable thieves, Jane Gibson attempts a pursuit down towards DeRussi's lane. To aid her pursuit, she rides her mule, Jenny. In the back of Ralph Gorslin's car, Catherine Rastel tries to ride Ralph Gorslin. It's kind of amazing. We're both in the choir. We have a lot in common. Mrs. Gibson, while riding her mule, loses her moccasin. Catherine Rastel, while riding her mule, loses her slipper in the car. Ralph Gorslin hears a scream. An awful scream! <laughs> Ralph Gorslin hears a moaning. A piteous moaning! I remember. I remember Even everything. things I didn't Even see. Things I After didn't hearing see. the gunshots, Mrs. Gibson rides her Even mule back to her farmhouse. Ralph! Everything. What was that? Shh! Ralph! See. That scream! Catherine, quiet. I'm trying to concentrate. I, I don't think she's okay, Ralph. I don't think she's okay. Shut up, Catherine. What do we do? Should we go fetch the police? No. God, no. I have a wife. Jane Gibson removes the saddle from Jenny's back and hangs it within the shed. She pets Jenny behind the ears and then goes back into her simple house. She doesn't turn on a light. She just sits there thinking about all sorts of things in 1922. Frances Hall is not going to be able to sleep. Her husband has never been out this late before. At 2 a.m., she rises from bed. She wakes Willie. They walk together downhill, down George Street, across Commercial, and to the church. After 2 a.m., the lights of St. John are seen to be lit. A watchman sees Mrs. Hall enter the church. Uh, no one is at the church. They walk around the corner to the house of a sexton. The house of Mr. Mills and Mrs. Mills. The lights are out, so Francis decides not to knock on the door. Quiet, Willie. The next morning, early on the 15th, a New Brunswick milkman sees the side door of the Hall's residence. It's left wide open, preventing the easy passage of his cart. He thinks nothing of it and closes the door. Louise Geist sees Willie the next morning. It, something terrible happened last night. Mrs. Hall. Mrs. Hall and I were up most of the night. He declines to elaborate. Mrs. Hall phones the police. New Brunswick police, hello? Hello. New Brunswick police, hello? Have there been any casualties? Uh, no? I mean, not that we know of. Who is this? I don't want to be here anymore, Charlotte. Charlotte. I don't Charlotte. want to be here anymore, Charlotte. Mom? Charlotte. 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 Mom? Mom? This... Something wrong, Charlotte. Mom! Something wrong. This- Mom! Mom! There's something Charlotte. wrong, Charlotte. It's okay, Mom! Something wrong. It's okay, Mom! I'm trying to figure Mom. it out. My throat is burning. It's okay, Mom! It's okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure Wait. it out. 
Wait, where are My you going? What are you doing? Burning. Wait! I'm trying. Wait. <laughs> Wait, where are you going? What are you doing? The circus Wait. began. Her neck was covered by a scarf beneath the tree. They peeled for souvenirs. The officers posed like corpses, like my mother in police uniforms. Before the bodies were clear, the lane turned to the red acid mud, part of the circus where they, my mother, was found side by side, arranged under an apple tree. Somehow, within minutes, they screamed out the fact of the death more than the fact of the crime to New Brunswick, with a force designed to police the circus itself and not the subject of the circus. The newspapers printed maps for Victorian-clad to shake their fingers at my mother. Why did they slit her throat? Take the tongue. Why did they hate her? I'll hate them if they hate me because they hate her. I won't let this consume me by the time I'm her age. Please, God, please, God, please let me find out who did it. It's too late. It's 1941, and she's gone, and the trial is over, and my father stares at me like I'm a ghost. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. I didn't see I remember. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. Even things I didn't see. I remember. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. I'm looking at you, Charlotte. Even things I didn't see. I remember. Perfect peace in this dark world of sin. The blood of Jesus whispers peace within. Peace, perfect peace, with sorrow surging round on Jesus' bosom, not but calm is found peace perfect peace our future all unknown jesus we know and he is on the throne it is enough earth's struggle soon shall cease and jesus call us to heaven's perfect peace amen wow i mean i think before i say anything else we need to give a huge round of applause to karen alvarado who really put on an astounding one-woman show there seriously I don't care if you're um, doing the dishes or riding the subway. Stop what you're doing and give her at least a couple snaps. You know, I think Karen truly captured how Charlotte may have felt. How she might have been trapped in the experience of losing her mother, unable to move forward from it, unable to do anything but replay those circumstances again and again in her mind. And I think Karen captured how she might have interpreted her community members' feelings, personalities, motives, desires. But maybe you would have imagined it differently. We can all speculate what these people's lives were like. We can ideate on who killed Edward and Eleanor. We can theorize why. We can get lost in the theories and fantasies. 
it's easy to forget that these events were real. That all of these characters were real people. They lived through this. These events derailed their lives, determined their futures. And so it's no surprise that 100 years later, their stories live on. Thank you for joining me today and for joining me throughout the run of this podcast. I'm seriously grateful to have had your company. If you want to experience today's radio play again, or others like it, might I suggest downloading the Geocache app, where you can do some real-life ghost hunting by traveling to the locations mentioned, in this case Van Loo Cemetery in New Jersey or Manhattan, New York, and searching for our caches. You can also purchase tickets to Thou Shalt Not 2022, our real-life play that is coming back to the stage for the centennial of the murders this September. Available through our website at thinkeryandverse.org. This episode was brought to you by the New Brunswick Historical Society, Thinkery and Verse, and Butch Mermaid Productions. Grant funding has been provided by the Middlesex County Board of Chosen Freeholders through a grant award from the Middlesex Cultural and Arts Trust Fund. Our theme music this season comes from Limb 66 of freesound.org. Once again, today's radio play featured talented voice actor Karen Alvarado. It was written, directed, and edited by Johnny Meyer, and huge round of applause there, too. And you may have recognized my voice from the hymn. As always, I'm your host and engineer, Aaron Bogert, and for one final time, thank you for listening. La, 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 la.